It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it! Breaking away, Garrett Wilson! Wilson, a big play downfield! Allen, tripped up! He could not get past Jermaine Johnson! Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall! He's done it again! Brees Lightning! 62 yards for the touchdown! And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams! What a beast! Number 95 for the Jets! Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time to recap the third preseason game of the 2023 season. The Jets losing at home, MetLife Stadium 13-6 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But who really cares about that? It doesn't really matter what the score is in these games. It's just how individual players play and how everything starts to look. And so to talk about everything that went down, we bring in our friend who is the podfather. He is the originator of the Jets podcast. You know him as the lead host of There's Always Next Year with his friends, Travis Milton and Josh Conrad right here on Play Like a Jet, Mr. Brian Bassett. Brian, what's up, brother? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm uh, rounding out of summer and into fall schedules. And, uh, you know, we are, we are run, off and running in the Bassett household with football practice and dance uh, recitals and uh, everything. So yeah, here, here we go. But it's also going to be what I hope is one of the most fun jet seasons we've had in a long time. So I am uh, carving out Sundays and Monday nights and Thursday nights and whatever for uh, for the Jets. This is going to be a fun year, I think. Brian, you said you're looking at recitals coming up, and we saw a bit of a yeah. recital of sorts tonight with the Jets' <laughs> third preseason game. Let's start with Makai Becton because he has been one of the most talked about players on this team all throughout the summer. Now, the thought process has been that Becton coming off two years of knee injuries different injuries but still he hasn't been able to stay on the field for two years that the coaching staff just doesn't trust him and you can understand why to an extent but the reality of the situation is they don't really have any other good option right Dwayne Brown is coming back from an injury he's 38 he's coming off that shoulder surgery he's still their best option at left tackle in theory but right tackle Max Mitchell has struggled a lot Billy Turner, who has a lot of experience at a bunch of different positions, but none of it good, has also struggled quite a bit. And so you look at Becton and you say, well, if this guy can even approach staying on the field, it would make sense to have him out there because he's so much more talented than those guys. You might have to just risk it. And then tonight we watch, again, just the preseason game, a recital, if you will. But Brian, you had to be encouraged by what we saw from Makai Becton tonight. He was pancaking like the Makai Becton we saw at Louisville. Makai Becton we saw his rookie year before the injuries it seems to me especially considering some of the injuries and we'll get into that in a little bit the Jets are going to have no choice but to roll the dice with Makai Becton as a starting tackle if he stays healthy from now until the beginning of the season because you look at what's behind him and you look at the other possibilities there's just nothing tenable that's exactly right and uh, you know I understand they're bringing him along slowly they have you know one extra uh, preseason game this year with the Hall of Fame game and so there's one more game to go and 
honestly, even with the 17th game added to the skull, you know, the first two in-season games are also, you know, I mean, consider the team still warming up. So uh, I can see why they're playing the long game, but yes, the the clamoring among the fans is getting a little deafening around, you know, where's Makai? Why isn't he with the ones? And I think there's a lot of good reason for it. I think the big thing though, you'll remember is Makai has made it clear that he wants to play left tackle. And uh, while I respect that and appreciate his, you know, his desire to play that, you know, vaunted position, you know, he's more needed clearly right now on the right. And, uh, you know, with other guys like ABT and Dwayne Brown, as you say, like, there's other people that could potentially left if if required to. Um, so I think, and just his play style seems to be a more natural fit for that right side, right? Where you're looking for, it's not the days of old. You still need a very solid, you know, athletic mover on the right, but he can certainly maul. And we saw that tonight, right? Like, yeah, some of those pancake blocks, that block where he pushed, um, you know, into the second level where he was just holding, you know, pushing the the linebacker back, back, back. Um, and yeah, I would think he played well. He played very physically. He certainly was ragdolling people around. At the same time, yeah, I would say there's still some technique issues that are going to be called out on, on him. I think, you know, if you look at the play where Zach Wilson uh, rolled out and, and had that great run, um, Makai almost missed that kind of block on the inside. Um, you know, he, he kind of did his best to hold off the guy as best he could, but I don't think he set up well on that block. I have to go back and look at it again. And then there was also like on the play where he did drive the guy, you know, the linebacker back into the, you know, in way into the secondary. He also did slip that block. That guy, I think was the same guy who actually got free to make the tackle against the run there. So, you know, there's still some more work to be done, but Absolutely, Scott. It, it was to, it was to, a totally promising performance from Makai Becton tonight. And I think, yeah, if we don't see him start taking reps with the ones, either in the next game or in the next week, um, it, it almost feels like there's just an axe to grind against this guy. And at this point, they're running out of options because we said Dwayne Brown hasn't come back yet from that injury. They do expect him back week one as far as we know. But Elijah Vera Tucker and Lakin Tomlinson, neither of whom played in this game, Robert Sala wouldn't commit to them coming back to practice this week. Also, we don't know the severity of the injury to Joe Tipman, who left with a knee problem. Robert Sala wouldn't give an update on that. He says they're waiting to see what's going on there. So with Tipman possibly hurt, with Vera Tucker and Tomlinson banged up, with Brown still not back, at this point, it almost has to be backed in. If they don't do it, then like you said, it almost feels like there's something else going on. Yeah, and I mean, he's just... It, just from a pure athleticism standpoint, like he's so much better than Billy Turner. He is, you know, yeah, like he's just better than the guys that they're, you know, they're playing behind him. So, or, you know, you know, essentially line up behind him. I think the thing that I would say is, um, you know, when you look at the potential starting group, you know, between Brown, Tomlinson, McGovern, or Tipman, depending Elijah Vera Tucker, and then right. Max Mitchell, who's fine, I guess, or, or, you know, uh, Makai Becton, like, yeah, it seems to be that I think there is a lot of um, anxiety among fans and among people watching this team around that group. Like we're, we haven't really even seen those guys, most of those guys yet. Um, You know, so 
I, I do think this line is better than it's being made out to be. And I think to that point, like that also gives Makai Becton the opportunity if he's not exactly the player that, you know, they want him to be or whatever, what, you know, whatever they feel like is lacking with some of those players that just are not seeing reps here in the preseason it's there's going to be more what would you say like you can cover a multitude of sins better with that group than what they're currently throwing out there um and so you hope that you know what we see week one week two week three is going to be a lot better than what we've seen so far and what kind of has been focused on in hard knocks and in the press i mean we'll, we'll see i yeah i i just i hope that they just get get past whatever it is that's bothering the Mackay Becton. And I hope, and I, if it's just, we're trying to limit his reps. I fully understand that. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Brian, a couple of other observations on the offensive side of the ball. Zach Wilson, nine of 13, 70 yards. He had one pass that got deflected. It wasn't his best throw, but overall he looks a lot more confident, a lot more poised. And we saw in hard knocks what Aaron Rodgers said to him. After the two hitches, it's time for you to use your legs, take off and go. And he did that, made a nice spin move, which you alluded to before, and was able to get a big first down. I thought he continued his improvement tonight. Looked like a bit of a showcase of sorts for Zonovan Bam Knight. He got the bulk of the carries, eight for 33 yards, but he did fumble and he did drop a pass. He seems to be potentially the odd man out, but... Israel Labanacanda, who also looked good, unfortunately left with an injury. It's a thigh contusion. They don't know the severity of it just yet, although based on what we saw on the field, it's the best news you could hope for because if it was a knee, it could have been a lot worse. So if Izzy has to miss any time, maybe he goes on short-term IR and the Jets end up keeping Bam Knight. But right now, you had to figure that that showcase was there because maybe Joe Douglas is thinking that he can try and trade Knight and get something for him. I thought Jason Brownlee was really good. He's making that surge to be the sixth receiver. He's looked good in camp the entire summer. We saw the return from Xavier Gibson where he showcased his speed. He's in a battle right now with the aforementioned Irv Charles and Jason Brownlee for that last receiver spot. Also in the mix, of course, for a roster spot is Zach Kuntz, the Jets' seventh-round pick, the tight end out of Old Dominion. He had a problem tonight, though. That problem was getting flagged. Two penalties. That's a no-no for a guy who's a seventh-round pick. He did have one nice catch where he exhibited his superior athleticism, but you can't be getting called for penalties like that, especially in the red zone. So, Brian, your thoughts here on what's going on in running back, Zach Wilson, and, of course, the receivers and who's trying to get that last spot. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, starting with the important one, I mean, Zach Kuntz is also in in danger. I don't know how his second rookie uh, rookie night performance went, but his first one was horrible. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that even puts him more at risk. I guess we'll see with the next hard knocks how how he uh, if he um, if he redeemed himself there. But uh, but yeah, kind of working from the important stuff. Uh, I think Zach Wilson had a fine night. I think he he did do a good job. There was a lot of short passes, a lot of check downs where he didn't kind of, you know, climb the ladder like he did in that, uh, uh, that, that long pass in the, in the Browns game. And that's okay. Like, that's fine. I, I think he needs to work on that short, short distance passing. And, but there were a couple things where like there was the one on the left to the left side of the formation to McCall Hardman, that it was just like a simple screen pass and it was way too low. So like McCall Hardman still got a good five yards out of it, but like if he didn't put it on the turf, then McCall Hardman probably gets eight or 
maybe more, maybe he could break it. Like, so, you know, th- there was a ball placement issue there. There was a ball placement issue. You already mentioned, I think on the Lazard pass, it was like a second and nine on the first series and he kind of threw behind him. Um, so, you know, that's going to happen to any, most quarterbacks not named Pat Mahomes or, or Aaron Rodgers. But um, yeah, I, I think, I think he had a fine night. He's he, I think the thing that I'm, pleased to see that he's not doing is he's not throwing interceptions. So like, I'd rather him throw a short distance pass than throw an interception. Um, he had some great scrambles. He had a couple good runs there. Uh, I do. It's the same thing that got him injured last year though, where I appreciate the athleticism and I appreciate, um, you know, his, his want and his drive to, to get that extra yard. But, you know, you see some of those hits he's taking and you're just like, man, what are you doing? Like, what? you, you can't do that forever. So, uh, you know, Rodgers is sitting next to him on the sideline there with kind of a, you know, uh, you know, a, a grin being like, yeah, that was a good run. But like, you, you got to be careful, man. You got to protect your body. So um, I I, uh, I thought he did a, a fine job. And I think if that's what we're looking for in a backup, he's good. But, you know, the other thing is like he struggled to get the ball into the end zone. So tonight and that's. You know, that's kind of my big concern there. Is he, he, even if he orchestrated a drive where somebody got into the end zone, a running back got in the end zone without a pass, like that, that was the thing there. But yes, by and large, he's not making horrible mistakes. There were some footwork stuff. His footwork's definitely better, but he's still thrown off the back foot sometimes. And so, you know, he, hopefully he'll just continue to improve on that stuff. Um, and, you know, hopefully we won't need to see him this year or next year because Aaron Rodgers will be healthy every game. Um, uh, moving on, you, you mentioned uh, the running backs. I think I was not very impressed with Zon Knight um, early in the game. You know, it really wasn't until the second half that he did anything worth a damn. Um, it, you know, once he was in with those threes and fours, he started breaking them off. And But that was like the same time Izzy Abanikanda was doing the same thing. So, yeah, he seems like he will be the odd man out, assuming a Vanikanda is healthy and you know doesn't doesn't have a serious injury there. Um, it's going to be between him and Michael Carter. That's you know kind of the way it's shaping up. And I think tonight was Zahn's chance to you know get on tape. And then I'm guessing next week we'll get some more Michael Carter to kind of see that. Just based on Carter's pass catchalities, I feel like that will put him over the top in terms of like who gets that spot if they're if they're fighting for a spot um because you know cooks there Hall's there that's actually a thing i want to stop here for a second and say like do you like with hall coming off the pup this week it kind of felt like oh cool like hall will be on the pup going into the season and then they'll activate him and uh you know he'll be fully healthy and then he can just kind of run rough shot over the second half of the season but like you know they signed alvin cook and then effectively the next day, Hall comes off the pup. So, like, did, did you kind of feel like he I'm, – I'm happy to have Bruce Hall. Like, let me be very clear. But do you feel like that jammed up whatever the team was going to do around the running back position? Anytime you get a guy like Dalvin Cook, you're going to have to move somebody considering that Brees Hall was going to come off the pup at some point. And all indications were he was going to be ready for week one. So I guess it just accelerated the timeline. The question, of course, was at that point, who would it be? Would it be Bam Knight or Michael Carter? Because they just drafted a Banacanda. It's obviously not going to be Brees Hall or Dalvin Cook. So it had to be one of those two guys. And based on what we saw tonight with Michael Carter not playing, 
and Bam Knight getting the lion's share of the carries, you have to figure it was some sort of showcase. So he would be the one that it would appear is on the outs. But as you said, I I think all it really did was accelerate the timeline, having Brees Hall back now, as opposed to a week or two from now. Correct. Yeah. I mean, when Brees Hall, whenever he would come back, you know, Zonovan Knight's probably still the odd man out. And I mean, Zonovan Knight was amazing weeks 12 to 14 last year. I mean, he was phenomenal. Um, but yeah, like, I just don't think we can hold on to that. But, you know, I also, we have to remember, you know, the offensive line and, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, Billy Turner out there, uh, you know, as opposed to, you know, whomever else. So, so still, it wasn't a great showing for him. And I don't think that's going to reflect on him well. In terms of the the wide receivers, yeah, I think it was, you know, good to see Lazard get some reps. It was good to see Hardman get some reps um, and, you know, play, I think, fine for, for what they were required. But yeah, in terms of Brownlee, like he's an interesting guy, right? He's been kind of making a charge uh, during camp. I think that first Browns game, he really didn't show up. Like, you know, he was doing great when it was, you know, practice. And uh, he had a couple a couple plays in that Browns game where, you know, he just couldn't pull a catch down or whatever. But I think, yeah, we saw some more promise out of him. So, yeah, I, I could certainly see him um you know making a making a a statement for that for that sixth spot but i also do wonder about you know um xavier gibson like is he someone who as a potential special teamer like i think that's the thing right when you get to five six you know whatever receiver number like you also have to factor in like is this guy even going to be active on game day because because does he play special teams right and so so to me like is Brownlee someone who the Jets feel like they can kind of sneak onto the practice squad because they need someone for game day on special teams. And maybe that gives someone like Gibson a, a leg up. Like, I don't know, I, but I think Brownlee has done a lot and he's, he's had a good camp. And so I do think you would want to reward him with putting him on the 53 at the same time. I mean, you've seen this so many times, just like I, like, you know, like what's the phrase? Like you don't want to die on the way home from war. Like he might make the 53 and then immediately be pushed off because they get somebody else from another team or whatever. Like um, it, it happens all the time, but like, uh, yeah, I, I could certainly see Brownlee being in the mix, but I think Gibson's special teams ability will have something to say with, with how that all plays out. Um, you, uh, I don't know if there was anybody else like on, I, I, I didn't, uh, Charles to me, like, I don't think he had a particularly great night. He had a couple catches there, but, um, but by and large, I think he was, you know, like missing more stuff than he was catching. And then it was Charles at the end of the game there, who was like, just like not even looking at the ball on fourth and four, right? Like he wasn't even looking for the path, uh, that was coming to him clearly. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, Maybe he makes the practice squad, but I don't think I don't think Irvin Charles is going to be a guy that's you know uh, taking anybody's job on the fifty three. Um, but yeah, and then I, I think on 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 the whole, like this kind of felt like a blah night, and I'm really more excited to see what they do against the Giants next week from a skill position perspective. 
Brian, we saw one key defensive battle tonight between Trey Dean and Ashton Davis, two guys that are locked in for roster spots, trying to beat each other out. Trey Dean, eight tackles, five for Ashton Davis. Both guys played very, very well. Should get heated next week when the Jets take on the Giants as those guys look to make the 53. You also had Jalen Holmes coming in late. He did provide a scare, which was not something you wanted to see with John Wolford, but he had two sacks, which was nice. I don't know that he's going to make the roster, but he's showcasing himself perhaps to go somewhere else. Bryce Huff, Will McDonald, and Jermaine Johnson continue to impress. Huff forced a fumble on a sack. Will McDonald was double teamed, but still beat two guys on a spin move and forced the quarterback, Kyle Trask, out of the pocket and into a bad throw. And then Jermaine Johnson had two pressures as well. So that's something you like to see. Those, to me, were the big highlights from the defense. You didn't get to see the big stars tonight, obviously. Guys like Quinn and Williams, John Franklin Myers, C.J. Mosley, D.J. Reed, and Sauce, and all of them did not play. But that's what stood out to me defensively yeah i think you're i think you're exactly right that you know when when you look at the group that was playing in the first quarter kind of second quarter they started mixing in other players but you know first play from scrimmage and you know jefferson penetrates through the line and kind of knocks you know otten off his whatever you know blocking route and like you know goes right into the play and uh and puts the ball carrier on the ground like first First play of the game. It was a pretty you know, tempo setting situation, so I really like that. And then, yeah, I think um, you know Smart had some good penetrations. And then, right, like I mean, as you said, like Bryce Huff had the forced fumble. Holmes had a great night. I mean, yeah, certainly, you know, we we hope that um, uh, we hope the quarterback is uh, is is all right and you know makes a full recovery uh, and all that. But like he played well, he was, he was all over. And, but just in terms of like that first group, getting back to that real quick, like they had some great tackling. There was lots of penetration. There was lots of tackles, you know, behind the line of scrimmage, or, you know, even if they weren't, you know, affecting a tackle for loss, they were still getting to the ball carrier or getting them off their route, let's say, um, you know, behind the line of scrimmage consistently. Um, and that's the twos, right? Like, and I understand like they're kind of also playing twos in, in Tampa's twos, but, but um, that bodes well for this defense, you know, for, for the year. And then, yeah, I really was interested in that, in kind of that safety group. I thought, um, you know, Ashton Davis did a really good job kind of wrapping up the tackling and yeah, Dean, as the game went on, I mean, Ashton, you know, saw plays earlier in the game and then Dean saw more, you know, towards the end of the game. And I think he did well. And yeah, like he's the kind of guy that you say, wow, you know, this, you know, this player's obviously having a good night, um, you know, playing, playing well. And I think the coaches have to take note of that. And so does that mean that someone like Dean will make, the 53 like i don't know but like that's certainly the sort of like bookmark that the coaches are trying to you know mark down for this is someone we definitely want in our practice squad because you know because this is someone we want that if we do have injuries during the case of the during the course of the year can come up to the 53 and can play special teams or play you know in a pinch or you know play 15 20 snaps a game um you know when required so so yeah i think i think dean is somebody who's certainly um raise their profile for the coaches. But yeah, like, you know, when I was trying to just, I was just during the game, watching the game and just trying to go through, you know, who's on the team, who's off the team, who makes the 53. 
you know, based on kind of the way things are going and, and whatever. And yeah, I kind of had marked Dean as potential practice squatter, but you know, there's always risk. Does that person then get poached? So yeah, it's, it's always, it's always tricky, but um, I, I think, I think he's definitely someone the team likes and will give an opportunity. It just might not be day one, uh, you know, starting you know wearing wearing the the pads uh you know against against the um the bills brian before we run two things first of all i just wanted mm-hmm. to mention that it was awesome to hear Ian eagle and aaron Rodgers, who was mic'd up on the sideline <laughs> going back and forth with naked gun references and of course dazed and confused references if you've seen neither naked gun nor oh. Dazed and confused. Go see them now. I don't know which streaming service would have the rights, but trust me, well worth it. Of course, the Matthew McConaughey reference from both ends of it with the quote from Ian Eagle and the other quote from Aaron Rodgers. Fantastic stuff. Also, I was curious what you think about this, Brian. I had said this was the one Jets preseason home game. I thought it would have been cool if the Jets would have sent Aaron Rodgers out there in the huddle just for the first series. Didn't even need to throw a pass, just have him hand the ball off. But at least you're giving the people that paid for preseason seats a little treat, a little reward for showing up to the game. So that's where I was at with that. A lot of people were afraid of risk. I didn't think it's all that risky to just have Aaron Rodgers hand the ball off. But I thought it would be cool for Rodgers to come out of the tunnel and take his first snaps as a Jet in front of the home crowd. I know next week if he plays against the Giants, technically it's still the home stadium, but it's not the home crowd. It's a Giants crowd. Not a big deal, but that's just something that went through my head. So your thoughts, the movie references, and the possibility of Aaron Rodgers having come out for at least one series tonight. Well, you know, for me, the focus is to have Aaron Rodgers live in L I V I N uh, during the season. So, like, uh, it would have been a nice moment, but I also think, uh, you know, it's it's not something that it's not something that I would have necessarily worried about or like like tried to do as an organization because then i think it, it could also just confuse people like well why is he only taking one snap or like this is weird or now i want to see more of it and so i think i think people even if they're paying full fare for a, a preseason game that they don't you know they don't really care about like they they're just happy that he's in the building <laughs> they're 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 happy that he's going to be the starting quarterback against the bills uh you know in week one um, so I think, I think for the, for the, for the sake of like, let's just make sure he stays protected. Um, you know, I, that, that to me, like, I, I would always make that choice, the kind of safe choice as opposed to the kind of fan service, which I think you're advocating for. And I think it's a good, it's a good point. It would have been a nice, nice moment, but, um, yeah, yeah, we, you know, we don't run the organization. When they let in the organization, we can do these ceremonial snaps and things like that. All right, all right, all right is all I have to say to that, Brian. <laughs> well, I'll tell I'll tell you one thing. You know, if if you didn't know this about U.S. history, Martha Washington was a cool. Oh no, Martha Washington was a hip, hip, hip lady, man. <laughs> uh, also, Enrico uh, Palazzo. Save the queen. Just remember that, too. That's, That's another true. important thing to remember, remember that. for U.S. history. Brian Bassett, that. who is the co-host of There's Always Next Year, thank you so much for coming on 
and recapping the third preseason game of 2023. Mm. The Jets lose to the Buccaneers 13-6 to at MetLife Stadium, but who really cares about that? The scores are meaningless. Make sure that you check out Brian with Josh Conrad and Travis Milton once the season starts, but even before the season starts because they are going to be on reviewing hard knocks each week. They've already done the first two weeks. Looking forward to week number three. In the meantime, you can follow Brian on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1 and make sure you check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com and the PlayLikeAJet YouTube channel. Some great All-22 breakdowns on there, including the two exciting young Jets that's edge rushers, Will McDonald and Jermaine Johnson. It's all up there right now. YouTube.com slash play like a jet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tee We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, bless you. Thank you shirt. The play like a jet logo shirt. Caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's tee And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.